This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The LA Kings have announced that defenseman Drew Doughty had successful wrist surgery today. He will not return this season. The Kings add that he is expected to make a full recovery for next season, but this is significant. The Kings have been playing without Doughty for a few weeks. They were hoping to get him back for the playoffs. That is not going to happen. And why is that significant on little old Edmonton? Well, the Edmonton Oilers, if the playoffs started today, would play the Los Angeles Kings in the first round. Still some track to cover before the matchups are determined, but at the moment, Edmonton LA is the most likely first-round matchup in the Pacific Division, and uh, not having Drew Doughty would be a blow to the Los Angeles Kings, who have been playing well and staying in the fight despite having a lot of injuries. They have dropped off a little bit lately, losers of three straight, and they've fallen four points behind the Edmonton Oilers for second in the Pacific Division. But that is significant. This was certainly a concern, and I, you know, I talked to some members of the Kings uh, traveling media last, uh, whenever they were here a few, a few days ago, and uh, they said, yeah. I guess that was a couple, couple of weeks ago when they were here, and then they played again last week in L.A. But uh, they said, yeah, you know, he's skating. They're hoping to ba- have him back for the playoffs, but nobody really knows, and he might not be back at all. Well, today the Kings make it known he will not be back at all. So Drew Doughty out for the rest of this season. That includes the playoffs. They say he's not going to be back until next season for the Los Angeles Kings. Just one game in the NHL tonight. It is the Jets facing the Canadians. Two goals early in the second period. Armia for the Canadians, and then Morgan Barron, his first for the Winnipeg Jets. So it's 1-1. They're about two minutes and 20 seconds into the second period. We'll keep you updated on that one. The Blue Jays playing tonight against the New York Yankees. 2-0 for the Jays against the Yankees. This is now after three. Both teams coming in with records of 2-1. and one. The Edmonton Oilers were off yesterday. They practiced at 10 this morning at Rogers Place. Uh, a little bit of a... Maybe a little bit longer than usual practice coming off the off day and getting ready for road games here against Minnesota tomorrow and Nashville on Thursday. Both games are going to have a 4.30 face-off show, 6 o'clock puck drop for Furnace Family Oilers Hockey here on 6.30. Ched, uh, the Oilers did not have Jesse Pugliarvi on the ice today. Head coach Jay Woodcroft said after practice he is was uh, out because of a stomach issue, so hopefully nothing too serious. We'll see if he's able to play tomorrow. As for the Oilers, you know the odds now, depending on what site you go to. I, I looked at Money Puck today instead of going to Sports Club Stats. Well, I went to Sports Club Stats. It wasn't updated. I mean, we're talking 97 98% probability for the Oilers to make the playoffs. They, st- I mean, they still got work to do, but they have the advantage now of, uh, you know, they have to be caught, and they have to be caught by two teams in the Pacific. So both LA and Vegas, I guess Vancouver is still mathematically in there but basically the orders would have to be caught by two teams in the pacific so every point that vegas and la does not get is also extremely valuable to the orders and you look at yesterday la jumps out to that early lead against minnesota and then loses so that was uh, an advantage there for edmonton so that's kind of the playoff situation still looks good for the orders i asked darnell nurse about the mindset of the team here over the final nine games first and foremost finding a way to 
lock in that position and make sure that we're playing uh, after these nine games. And you fine tune your game over the course of of the season all year, all year round. But this time of year, it's you know obviously we won't be playing at the top of our game. At the same time, our, our singular focus is on on locking in the playoff spot and you know taking it taking it one game at a time. That's been a big focus since Jay and um, and Mance have come in, and it's got to be our, our focus still. I remember when Jay Woodcroft was coaching the Bakersfield Condors, I think it was a couple of years ago, and I was doing an interview with him, and he said something about labeling each month of the season with the Condors. I can't remember exactly how he put it, but this is our building month, this is our growth month, this is our whatever month. So I asked him today, are, are you doing that with the Oilers where you kind of give a section of the season a name or or a specific theme? And he said, no, he hasn't been doing that here but he did do it with the condors so I, I said okay do you have a theme for the final nine games of the year what we're trying to do is continue to get better every day we're trying to secure a playoff spot um we want to use each day as an opportunity to refine different parts of our game um whether that's in in the video room on the ice in practice or if we get the opportunity to play a game is to work on things that are going to set us up uh, for success in the month of may all that said we're taking it v- very much one day at a time here all right. Well, and Woodcroft has said that several times since he took over. It's uh, one day at a time, small focus, all those types of things. It's worked for him so far. Or there's with a really good record under him as the Jets score again here to go up two nothing on two uh, one on Montreal. A lot of goals here in the first three and a half minutes of the second period. Yeah. So the Oilers forty two twenty five and six. Just the second time since nineteen eighty eight, they have gotten to forty two wins or higher. The other time was not that long ago when they got to 47 in 16, 17. So there's your fun fact for the day. All right. So I, I, I know if, if you guys, the 14 of you who listen to the show regularly, first of all, I, I appreciate all of you. You will know that I'm, I'm not a huge social media guy. If you've actually follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R E I D W I L K I N S, you know, I don't tweet a lot. I don't interact a lot, though. I did interact quickly with a guy today. Um, but obviously, you know, I look on Twitter, I, I, I see stuff. He, things get reported there and for some and i don't know how it started maybe you guys can help me out but somehow this yesi pulley chat today really got almost heated to the point where i was thinking what is what is going on that people are so frenzied about yesi pulley so I, i'm not exactly sure what happened uh i know i know there's uh an analytics side of this argument and some fans and probably some of you who are really interested in analytics his analytics look good with the possession numbers the goal differential i'm not going to throw too much math at you but i'm sure you have a general idea what i'm talking about and it sort of got to be as unfortunately it often does especially on social media this sort of black white issue well you th- you think pull a hero and he's not well you think that he's the worst player in the league but he's not okay well the truth is somewhere in between so I started thinking about it, and I did talk a little bit with about Brendan uh, with this uh, with Brendan Escott on Oilers Now earlier today. He was filling in for Bob, was who was traveling, and this is this is my assignment for you tonight. If you want to participate in the show, because because I do I do find this interesting. I find it interesting about this player because what he's been an Oilers uh, Oilers property for almost. Uh, what are we at now? Five years, I guess he was drafted in 2017, and. He plays in his first game. He scores a goal in his first game. 
uh, or pardon me, he was drafted in 2016. Oh, we're coming up on six years. He, he scores a goal in his first game, and then he gets doesn't play that great. He finally gets sent down to the minors. He's, he's sort of up and down, and then the, the agent says we're never playing for the Oilers again, and then Holland and Tippen bring him back in, and he's been better, I think, still up and down at times. So here I'm going I'm to give you my scouting report of Jesse Pugliarvi because, look, we're all smart enough to know it's not black and white. And I think we're all smart enough to know that the Oilers need players, need a player in the role that Pugliarvi currently occupies to succeed in the playoffs. So I want to challenge you to give me your honest scouting report of Jesse Pugliarvi. Sum it up as quickly as you can. I get the luxury of talking a little longer. And I'm, I'm going to go back to the theme, to an idea here that we did a few months ago when the Oilers were sort of on rocky ground and Tippett was under fire. He hadn't been fired yet. And I said, if you could have coffee with Dave Tippett, what's the one thing you would tell him or say, I expect you to do this? So your scouting reporter of Pugliarvi and or if you could be Jesse Pugliarvi's guest coach for 30 seconds, what's the one thing you would say, Jesse, you got to move your game in this direction. If you can just start doing this a little better, the team's going to be better off. And then I suppose you can also comment on the usage of the player because there still continues to be a little bit of debate with McDavid, with Dreisaitl, or is, is, would he just be better on the third line with Nugent Hopkins? Now, I, I know there's a lot of numbers that go against that from the, the analytics community, though I do think it's a relevant argument because the Oilers have, they've done well with Yessi in the top six. They've also done well with Yessi out of the top six. So I, I do think that is a relevant argument. Here is what I would say about this gentleman. He's obviously big. And I do think his size and his energy can be disruptive to the other team, especially in the offensive zone. He can come flying in there on the forecheck. He looks like the size of the Death Star, you know. That's not a space station. That's Yessi Pugliarvi, you know, that kind of thing. I guess it was, that's not a moon, that's a space station, Kelly. Yes, Kellen, and then the, the other character comes in and says, no, that's not a space station, that's Yessi Pugliarvi. So he can get in there and forecheck. I think... A, a couple of things he's improved at over the last couple of seasons, going back to the start of the 56 game season, he's better at screening the goaltender. His presence in front of the net has created some goals and chances along the way. I think he's better at being a down low presence. I think he's stronger on the puck. I, I think he has shown that he has the ability to make plays in tight. He has pretty good hands when he, when he, he takes a second to actually use them. His goal against Anaheim was a good example. He had to crowd that rebound in front. He had to shield off a defender. He had to show a little patience and flick the puck in past John Gibson. Great play. I think those are all positives, and, and I think there are positives that we see in his game. I think on the other side of the ledger, and, and this is one thing I, I base on my own observation, and this is another thing several people have told me this who watch Yessi play. The people who I trust, and maybe some of them have played in the NHL themselves, that he is too often left reaching, you know, sort of fishing with his stick on the forecheck as opposed to striding through and, and getting there. And that leads to him being off balance. And then if he does get the puck or have the chance to a shot for a shot, he's not in that sort of ready position to blast it away. So I would like to see him take that extra, you know, continue skating. Don't pull up on the forecheck. Get right in there. Go after the guy. Uh, 
Uh, I th- quite frankly, and to me, this is a big problem. I, I think his passing requires more precision. He does make plays. He does make good plays. He does keep pucks alive. But I think there are too many times when he doesn't keep the puck alive or because he isn't precise enough passing the puck, it inhibits what could have been a dangerous attack. Maybe the attack still happens, but it's not as dangerous as it could have been because his passes are sometimes off target or quite frankly are delivered at an inappropriate velocity. And he had a pretty good game on Saturday. And the two shots he had that Kemper denied, I got to give Kemper full credit for that. I don't think that was a yesy problem. I think that's Kemper making great plays. But there were a couple times in that game, he's coming down the right wing through the neutral zone. One time he had Kane. One time he had McDavid going down the left side. And he virtually slapped the puck across the ice. And the, they couldn't handle the pass cleanly. They were able to corral it off the sideboards. But that extra split second mixes up the flow of the rush. So I think he needs to work on that. And I, I just think he is generally somewhat unpolished. Now, I'm going to repeat something here I said to Escott earlier today. I do not offer these, the, the negative stuff, the shortcomings, as, a, uh, a, as an effort to disparage the guy or run him out of town or to be negative about him. I offer them, quite frankly, coming from an optimistic point of view, saying, look how he has improved. Now, what if he can do this thing, these other things? Now, what if his passing gets a little sharper? Now, what if he's a little steadier in front of the net when he finishes his chances? Then what type of a player are we talking about? Because he has improved. He has improved since game one back in January of 2020 when we started the 56-game season. I think he's a better player than he is now. But he's also in a top-six role, and he has to finish plays. And I know the goal differential is good with him on the ice, and that's fair, and I thank the analytics guys for putting that out. But, but ultimately, you you got you to gotta finish. And, and I would like to see him score more, quite frankly. I, I would like to see him flat-out score more. Now, hold on, everybody. He's not the only player on the team in that category but we're talking specifically about this one guy. But I like to think that uh, being optimistic, he's capable of doing it if, if he keeps working and has more games like he did against Colorado. Because quite frankly, I think sometimes on his off nights, the drop-off is a little too much. If he's going to be on the top six, there has to be sort of that consistent offensive push. So that's that's what I think. Seven eight zero four nine six. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 0063. We already got a couple of guys on hold. It's 620. All right. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Hockey in this time slot tomorrow. The game will already be in the first period. 4.30 face-off show game at 6 as the Oilers take on the Minnesota Wild for the third and final time this season. The Wild with a couple of convincing victories in Edmonton earlier this year. 4-1 and 7-3. 
the finals in those games. Good team fighting with St. Louis for second in the Pacific Division. Again, the big story tonight, one of the big stories, Drew Doughty will not return to the LA Kings lineup this season. The Kings uh, announcing that he had successful wrist surgery but will not be back, expected to make a full recovery for next year. Okay, we'll uh, quickly go to Sir Robert on the Certainty Hotline. Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey, Reed, how you doing? Good. Well, I guess I just want to quickly say on uh, uh, Yassine Pulley-Irvi, I mean, I guess, uh, I mean, I guess for me, he needs, uh, I, th- I honestly think the biggest thing he needs to improve on, I think it's his finish. Because, uh, I, think he got, I think he gets a lot of good chances. He just doesn't bury them. Uh, yeah, fair enough. I think that th- there seems to be at times, I-, I just wonder if he's as confident as he needs to be. And, it- and it's hard to go into a player's head and know how he's feeling. Uh, I-, I think sometimes he rushes a little bit. And-, and another thing I would like to see him do better, and again, I think he's capable of doing it. And there-, there was a play against Colorado on the weekend where he came down the right side and it looked like he had a half step on the defender and he wound up for a slap shot. I know a couple of those have gone in for him over the past two years, but still it's unlikely you're going to score that style of goal in the NHL. And I, and I thought on Saturday, what if he just would have taken that to the net? Big guy, good speed. Even if you're even with the defender, drive in, make him hold you, make him reach across you and try to poke the puck off your stick. And yes, he's a big man. He can shield the puck. He's got a long reach. So I, I think just little things. Now he, he got set up twice. I thought both were good setups. I thought both were great saves by Kemper. He, I thought he did what he had to do on those two plays. I mean, you got to get the puck off your stick quick. You got to shoot it fairly hard. You got to hit the net. And he did that in both those situations, and Kemper was able to beat him. All right, 780-496-0063. You can email inside sports at 630Ched.com. The hotline, of course, presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Kelly Rudy coming up tonight. Gene Principe as well. It's Inside Sports on Ched. 630Ched, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630Ched.